everyone, welcome back to the official podcast of the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to empower the next generation of leaders through intentional mentorship. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and share this with your friends so they can be encouraged. Today we hear from the president of the Oklahoma Youth Ministries, Derek Borders, as he talks about what we are created to do and how God equips us to effectively serve Him. Don't go anywhere. You do not want to miss today's episode. What's up, Next Gen? My name is Derek Borders, and I have the incredible opportunity to be part of the Next Gen team. It's a group of men and women who desire to help you to ignite your kingdom purpose, to discover that God-given mission in the kingdom of God that only you can do for his work. We are to be, the Bible says, equipped for ministry. He gave us Preachers and teachers and pastors and apostles for the equipping of the saints in ministry. So go ahead and look at yourself in the mirror and just tell yourself, I was designed to be equipped for ministry. That's what Next Gen really is all about, is to equip you, to ignite that kingdom purpose in you so that you can make a difference right where you are planted. I think that really ought to be the desire of every Christian. To discover their God-given life's mission, find the place where they can do that, and do it. Day in and day out, just faithfully work in the kingdom of God. Because God is looking for laborers. He's looking for workers. That's why he said the fields are white unto harvest, but pray that there would be laborers, workers that would come. So that we can do this. That's, that's what we've got to learn and understand about the kingdom of God is that it's really work. And it's, we need, we need young men and young women to get involved in that work. There, there are, is an idea that has gone around and you might hear it in different forms at different times in different places. And it sounds something like this. It's, we would say it's who you are that matters, not what you do. And I think that's a a weird thing to say. And we we say that in thinking that we're looking at somebody's heart. We're not looking at their actions. But really, when you get down to it and you meet somebody maybe for the first time, what's one of the first questions that you might ask of them? You might ask, what do you do for work? What is your job? Because In doing that, it helps you to get to know who that person is. And so people have taken this idea, though, that it's who you are that matters and not what you do that matters. And they say, as long as you're a nice person, it doesn't matter how you act. And as long as you say you're a Christian, you can behave in whatever matter you want. It just really doesn't matter because what you do isn't that important. You might even could say it like this. You can say you're a minister, but just sit on the pew and remain uninvolved because it's who you are, not what you do that matters. Some have decided that they're just misunderstood. 
they've used their misunderstood personality as an excuse to be lazy and uninvolved in the mission of the church. Well, if they just really knew me, if they just understood me, I, I know my Enneagram and my Enneagram says I can't do that. So we, we use this idea, get it of who we are to get out of the work that is involved in the kingdom of God. But I want to take a few moments today because what I think is really important for next-gen leaders to understand is that we were created to work. We were created to work. We were equipped for ministry. Think about the garden when God created that place of, of what we imagine as untold beauty and and all of that we get this picture of a beautifully landscaped paradise the sidewalks are edged the flower beds are weeded the flowers are planted and and perfect arrangement around but but the bible i think would share with us a different idea of what the garden was when genesis 1 and 28 tells us that he told adam to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That word subdue gives us an idea of what really the garden was. It's this place of untamed, unmanaged beauty. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful God's creation, but, but it's, it's wilderness. It's, it's this garden where things and life is going every which way. And he says, Adam, you've got a job and your job is to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Adam wasn't just a, a landscaper. Adam wasn't just the lawnmower guy. He was called to subdue the earth. And let me just pause right there for a moment to point something out because I know that a lot of you listening to this are young and you're single. So Adam was told to work the garden before Eve was ever created. That was in Genesis 1. He was told to subdue it. In Genesis 2 and 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. It's not until verse 21 of Genesis chapter 2 that we read that God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep and Eve was created from Adam's side. Adam earned his rest in the same way that God was able to rest on that seventh day of creation because he had worked for six days. Adam earned that deep sleep because he had worked in the garden. He had put the time in. And so, men, if you want a woman that can work beside you, that can work with you, be willing to do the work now. Get involved now. Don't wait till you have a partner to get involved. Don't wait until the future to get involved. Get involved now. And ladies, listen to me. Don't settle for a man that doesn't have a gardening project. If he ain't got a J-O-B, he don't need Y-O-U. You've got to make sure that you find somebody that can partner with you. That's what marriage really is. It's partnering in the work of God. That was free. That's not really where I was going with this. But But you need to understand that if you're looking for a mate right now. We were created to work, to do and not just be. But let's talk about another idea that kind of floats around and we hear from time to time. And, that, and that's what culture would tell us. I think culture teaches us that when we work, it should be for the purpose of getting ahead. Work hard and you'll get a raise. Work hard and you'll get promoted. You'll climb the corporate ladder. 
But the title given to those who work in the kingdom of God is a little bit different than the titles you might hear in the world. It's not CEO. It's not CFO. It's a little bit different than this. And I feel that there are many of us who need to learn to long for that title that has been given to so many faithful men and women who have gone on before us. It's not a man-given title. It's not lead pastor or senior pastor. It's not administrator of all things important. It's not a title like that, but it is a God-given title. God doesn't call those faithful ones my successes, but rather he calls them my servants. When God wanted to give someone a real compliment, that's what he would call them, my servant. You could flip through the pages of the Old and the New Testaments and you would hear God giving praise like, for the sake of my servant, David. Or he told the devil, have you considered my servant, Job? No one on earth is like him. He said, my servant, Jacob, without fail, I will save you. And he said about Jesus, here is my servant whom I have chosen my beloved in whom my soul delights. The highest compliment that the Lord gave was not you're my success, but you are my servant. You have the desire to work in the kingdom of God and you have submitted to me. I, a lot of us have gotten so messed up when we go to work for the purpose of accolades. God is simply wanting us to enjoy working for him and the love that comes from him and let that love spill out onto others around us. I read in an interesting analogy the other day that I think applies here because when you and I serve, we often operate like a garden hose that's got a sprayer on the end of it. We're in control. We're dictating how, when, and to whom. We will submit and serve. And we can even let go of that trigger and we can stop the water altogether if we feel like it. We could interrupt the flow of Christ's love, which we give to others, depending on our mood, how work might be going. And let's be honest, we could interrupt the flow of Christ's love based on how much sleep we got the night before. So whatever our emotions are at the moment, kind of we allow that to determine our service. What kind of work we're willing to do, how involved we're willing to be. With this garden hose approach, our, our kingdom work becomes self-righteous. It becomes self-gratifying service. Well, I'll work if it advances me. I'll be involved if it, if it gives me the accolades. If I get acknowledged from the pulpit by my pastor, if pastor puts me in this position or in this role, I'm willing to do that work, but I'm not willing to do this work unless I get something in return. But in contrast to the garden hose is a soaker hose. You've seen those in flower beds and planters before. A soaker hose waters the ground indiscriminately. There's dozens of holes that let the water loose and it has no shutoff switch. Life-giving water just oozes all over the place. And to serve like a soaker hose means to pour out Christ's love from every pore of our beings. We're not concerned with the worthiness of the recipients or if they can help us to get ahead. Well, we've got to get, just hear me right now, we've we got to get ahead, get past this idea of, well, I'll serve here for them, 
but I don't want to serve there. I'll serve it in this capacity because, because these people uh, will view me as important, but I won't serve over there because nobody will recognize what is happening and it won't advance my, my ministry career. If you're, first of all, if you're viewing ministry as a career, then you're in the wrong place because ministry is not a career. Ministry is our service to the kingdom of God. True kingdom work means understanding who we are and what we do. And we serve unconditionally because we love the Lord and we want the Lord to be magnified and glorified in everything that we do. I think the next foundational layer to the work of the kingdom of God would be could be put this way. That just because we can have a high position or authority doesn't mean that we should choose it. There's a wonderful parable. You could call it the parable of the trees that's tucked away in a mess of Israel's sin during the time of the judges. In Judges chapter number 9 verses 8 through 13, it says the trees once went out to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, shall I leave my abundance by which gods and men are honored and go hold sway over the trees? And the tree said to the fig tree, you come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go hold sway over the trees? And the tree said to the vine, you come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, shall I leave my wine that cheers God and men and go hold sway over the trees. The parable concludes when the trees in their desperation for a king to, to follow after, they ask the bramble to rule over them. This thorn bush, which represented Abimelech, accepts the office and the bramble begins to take over the forest and it begins to choke out the life of the trees. There's this powerful truth in this tale that we find in the book of Judges. Just take a look at the priorities of the first three kingly candidates, the olive tree, the fig tree and the grapevine. Each turned down an office of power, influence, ease, recognition and even usefulness. In favor of being true to their God-appointed purpose, serving God and serving man. They all said, why should we rule over the trees when we can bless, honor, give, and cheer right where we're planted? Right here in this place. The olive, fig, and vine each chose obscurity over fame because they understood their high calling. And the pleasures that come in serving right where you're planted. There is so much wisdom in their response. So much wisdom and how they responded to the opportunity to rule over everything else. To varying degrees, each of us has opportunity to rule over our fellow trees. There's going to be opportunities that come in your life if you remain dedicated to the ministry. There's going to be there's going to be opportunities for you to advance. There will be opportunities for you to be elevated and and maybe to have some authority in, in different areas over different groups and over different people. And so the question then began, comes, should we take those chances when they come? 
And I'll, I'll just say this, perhaps, maybe, maybe you should. But as the trees in the parable taught us, those opportunities should be passed up if they would inhibit our ability to serve God and our neighbor to our fullest potential. It is far better to forfeit position than to forfeit God-given purpose. Somebody said it like this, if you're called to serve, don't stoop to be a king. We've got to learn to become comfortable with where we're planted and who we are. God put special talent and gifting in you to serve in the locale that you are in right now. He doesn't need you to be somebody else. He doesn't need you to elevate. He doesn't need you to climb the the church corporate ladder. He needs you to serve faithfully where you are because that is where you will always be the most effective. So we got to understand our work. We got to understand the work that we're called to, to do in the kingdom of God. One man said, learn the lesson that if you are to do the work of a prophet, what you need is not a scepter, but a hoe. Kingdom purpose involves work. It's not about who you are. It is about what you do, and that defines what you become. Serve. Find a place to plug in, to plant. Don't let those roots just be surface deep, always looking for greener grass. I know that at your church may not be the biggest church. I know the position that you have right now may not be the, the, the most highlighted role in all of Pentecost fame, but, but you just go ahead and plant those roots deep. And you say, God, this is where you've got me right now. And this is where I can be most effective. And this is what I can do to advance the kingdom of God right here in my city, my community, my church. The people that you have called me to work alongside and to serve alongside. If I could just leave you with one challenge today would be this. Be content with where you are. Be content with who you are, where you are. Go ahead and work there to the best of our, of your ability. God has appointed you for the work that is before you. Will God elevate you with a position someday? Maybe. But only if that's the work he has for you to do. Not because he needs you to advance. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this great group of next generation leaders that have a desire to be equipped for ministry that are looking for their place and belonging in your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to understand and to identify the deep roots that they need to have and possess in this work, in this environment we call the kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would allow those roots to go deep, to plant them where they are, so that they can serve in the location that you have called them to, to the best of their ability. God, let an anointing rest upon them to do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Next Gen. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. We love all of you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. 
listening to this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this encouraged you.